Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Sorry, I still your fine. <laughs> February 22nd today. It's a chilly, feels like minus 29 here in Edmonton area. Yeah, yeah. We're broadcasting <laughs> live in the Edmonton area, aren't we? Mm -hmm. um, live on the Podbean app. Uh, you can download the Podbean app, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and listen to the show live. Or on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. <laughs> now you're just uh, saying random words. iHeartRadio. No, these are, these are real <laughs> words. These are real life words. These are real life words where you can listen to podcasts. Where else do people listen but to podcasts? But if you listen live, you can join in the conversation. You can yeah. call in. You can join the chat. You can be and, cool. Anything else? Oh, oh, is that what the, <laughs> oh, it's what the cool kids are doing. Yes. I, oh, and uh, it, speaking of being in the live chat, um, Josh, Josh here in the live chat says Ultimate Taco Tuesday. Are we having what? tacos today? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, a taco Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. There's lots of comments in here already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's – I Gab, all the cool kids are here. I know. Look at all them. Oh, man. This yeah. is uh, this is good. We had, a, we had a great weekend, didn't we? Family Day weekend? Yeah, we did. Don't you love the weekend? We had the ultimate family day weekend because my mom moved to Edmonton this weekend. So it yes. was like, yeah, more family. But don't you love the weekend? <laughs> Living for it, Wayne. Right. <laughs> working for that weekend, Gab. Just every day, just trucking along. Just a little bit more, you know? So we can get that weekend. Sorry if Wayne just woke up all your children. <laughs> what is everybody? Is everybody playing this through their 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 home speaker device? No, well, they're probably on their headphones. I probably blew an eardrum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's two twenty two twenty twenty two. Wow. Um, which I think has some like really cool actual meaning behind it. Um, Does which it have I'm anything not, to do with the moon? It has some things maybe to do with the moon and the planets and the mm. energies. Um, yeah. I'm not going to speak to it because I don't remember. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> today's Tuesday. And um, yes, it's a great day for tacos. Uh, but um, it's also a great day for discussions about real estate and your life. And Brooke just came in hot with a question. Did he really now? Yeah. Well, I'll save that uh, segue for another day. How about <laughs> or another time? In life. <laughs> oh, you want to know why? Because Brooker sent me this message yeah yesterday, and I think it was like while we were eating supper or something, we were doing something as a family, and I said, you know what, Brooker, this would be a great <laughs> question for the morning show. <laughs> and he said, all right. So he literally must he must have copied it and just waited until we went live and just pasted it. <laughs> there you go. Answer my question. Yeah. Dance. Um, <laughs> when using someone's, 
when using someone else, well, this isn't the question you sent me. I remember the question mm. you sent me. Uh, this is a two-part question. Uh, when using someone else's RRSPs, would they get taxed pulling them out to buy a property for you? Okay. Um, maybe a little rewind and a little um, basics lesson on RRSP lending, how it works, guys. Sure. Oh, <laughs> me? <laughs> Moi? You want me to do a lesson? <laughs> well, RRSPs, what you can't you can't buy a property with them. Um, you can use someone else's RRSPs. Uh, what? Here you go again. RRSPs. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, wow. It's just so awkward. That's um, that's bullying, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we make fun of the kid that can't say ours. Um, RRSPs can be used in the form of a mortgage. So the person that can lend you those RRSPs, this, like you really should say this because this is difficult. Um, the person that lends it to you can lend it to you in the form of a mortgage. So they'll mm -hmm. have to put their RRSPs. Into a self-directed account. Into a self-directed account. Um, like Olympia Trust is one of the big Well, ones. that's a self-directed account. Olympia Trust is a trust. Uh, oh, God. It's been a little while since I've uh, looked into the terminology and the um, how it all flows. But... Um, so correct me, sorry, forgive me and correct me if my terms are incorrect, but, um, you would put it into a trust like Olympia trust, and then they would, um, facilitate, um, the transaction of using those funds, uh, in the form of a mortgage. Mm -hmm. So Olympia trust, for example, will allow you to the, the RRSP lender to lend up to 100% of the purchase value mm -hmm. of the property. So they're going to, you know, get an appraisal done on the property. They're going to find out it's worth 400000 That lender will allow, is allowed to lend up to 100% of... Obviously, it's up to them. Yeah, of their RSPs to, to, to fulfill that mortgage. Um, it can't be used as a down payment. It, it can't be used as a down payment. It, it, you would have to look into the rules and with your lender so to see if your lender will allow a second mortgage as the for the down payment funds which uh, most lenders won't allow right now um sorry what do you mean if you're adding a second mortgage with Olympia? well you can't use you can't use rrsp funds as a down payment but can you use it you use it to buy a property. So if yes. It's, so if it's yes. 100% loan to value, then you don't need a down payment. Yes. If it's 80%, then you need to bring 20%. Oh, yes, yes. But if you're going to uh, BMO, Bank of Montreal, and getting a mortgage for 80%, you can't call up your buddy who's got mm -hmm. the other 20% in RSP funds because BMO wants no. you to have some skin in the game and just yeah. going over some basics. I think you're overcomplicating it. For sure. I'm just, but I'm going over the basics. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, would they get taxed pulling them out was the question. They're not pulling them out. What they're doing is they're, they're still keeping them within the, the, the trust. Um, sorry. You asked for help. I'm trying, <laughs> but I need you to answer correctly. <laughs> <laughs> when using someone else's RSPs, will, will they get taxed when they're pulling them out? They're not pulling them out. What they're doing is they're moving them from a, um, an investment uh, account into a self-directed account. 
Okay. So sometimes you'll have your RSPs in a mutual fund or whichever. You move it into a self-directed account where you can decide where you want to invest your funds. And then it transfers over to Olympia Trust, which is where you can um, you can lend them out as a mortgage. They're not actually pulling them out. Yeah. So think of it like when it's with your bank, they're investing them into the stock market or whatever they're doing. You're not getting taxed when they move those over there. Same thing. It's just being invested in a different way. So they're not being pulled out and consumed. They're still in an they're investment They're still being account. invested. Yeah. 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 So they're not being pulled out. Um, they're still, you know, whether they're a great, a great question is, is, you know, are these funds, um, are they locked in? Is this a locked in, uh, like a retirement, um, account, uh, you can use those, um, or you can use the, 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 the kind of, uh, RSPs that, that aren't locked, um, so locked or unlocked. Um, so no, they would not get taxed. Uh, they would stay when you pay your lender, who, who is the, uh, is the person who is, lending you their RRSP funds in the form of a mortgage, uh, the the proceeds that they would receive get put back into their investment account and they don't get pulled out. So they don't get any of that money out mm -hmm. because it has to stay locked They're in. They're just growing there. Any money that they pull out of that investment account is is they'll get taxed on if they're allowed to, if it's not a locked investment um, mm -hmm. account. I think I got my terminology correct. So no, the answer is no. Uh, now, Brooker said uh, he he that yeah. So the question he told me yesterday was that um, when if my dad mm. lent me RRSP funds, would he get taxed <clears throat> pulling them out to buy a property for you? Mm. Now that's the second question, and I wanted to make sure I answered that one for you because I'm just gonna Brooker. I'm, you can go ahead and I could have not answered this or brought this up and you would have went to your dad and your dad would have made a bunch of calls and tried to transfer some money over and moved all of his investments into Olympia Trust. And he's like, all right, son, we're doing this. And then and then they went to go process the purchase. And then someone tells you, oh, no, 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 you you can't you can't lend it to your son. So I'm just trying to save you a little bit of time, <clears throat> which is time is very valuable, right? Indeed. Well, especially when you're that far in and you're closing on a property and that was your plan. <laughs> yeah. So it needs to be at least arm's length. And go ahead and um, hop on Google and and Google the definition of arm's length um, in in mortgages or uh, in real estate, whichever. Um, what that means is it can't be friends or fa sorry, it can't be close family. Essentially, yeah. And you can look up the definition of close family. Yeah. Um. I I stop there in my research. Um, you know what? I'm going to hop on Google just because, um, if I don't know an answer, I want to know an answer. Um, hmm. 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 Uh, to put it simply, it's the kind of transaction that occurs when you, with a stranger. Um, yeah, I guess it's not giving me a very good answer uh, here. Uh, no, I can't seem to find a very good answer. Um, but you guys can figure that out for yourself. But mostly for, just to keep it simple, uh, uh, no family, no close family. 
Um, so you can't, you know, your dad can't do it for you. You can't do it for your brother, that kind of thing. Um, or your husband or wife, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be some separation. Yeah. Um, so that I think it's just a CRA thing. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure when <clears throat> I remember looking into it, that it was kind of like, um, immediate family type of thing, like grandparents, aunts, uncles. Do you mind siblings. looking through the comments to see if there's any, um, up to that? I, I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's touched on it. Okay. On the arms link. Um, Yeah, so that's your answer right there. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't find other people with RSBs, but um, to answer your two questions, no, they don't get taxed um, unless they unless they pull money out of their account and pay themselves. Then, yeah. because when you put money in, into an RSP, you're deferring taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so every year, if you take on paper, you say, hey, um, I know I made $100,000 this year. Um, I put twenty thousand dollars into my RRSP, so I shouldn't get taxed on that. Mm-hmm. So what they allow you to do is they allow you to defer paying taxes. You only paid taxes on eighty thousand dollars that year mm-hmm. because you're deferring it, you're investing it, and they want they want to allow you the ability to defer paying taxes on it now because you're putting your money back in the Canadian or North American whichever market, right? They want you to invest. Mm-hmm. They want you to support your a market. Um, <laughs> And now when you decide to pay yourself that money back and pay and pull it out of your investments, you're going to get taxed on it because you didn't get taxed on it the first time. So talk to an, an investment advisor or financial advisor about how to go about doing that or your accountant mm-hmm. um, to determine when is a good time to get taxed on it. Typically, you don't want to get taxed on it when you're in the peak or the height of you know your money making years when you're 25 to 40. And you're making a hundred and whatever thousand dollars a year, you're in a very high tax bracket. But if you decide to start pulling your money out strategically when you're 65, you know, when you start paying yourself 70,000 or 60,000 dollars a year, maybe yeah, after your house bracket. is paid off and your expenses are lower, you're going to be in a much lower tax bracket. So you're actually saving, um, you're saving money on taxes, maybe 10, 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing nothing to do cartwheels over, but it's strategic. I mean, you're going to, you're investing money anyways, right? Why should you get taxed on it now? You should get taxed on it later and make a little bit of a return on it on top of the return you're making from your investments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was there another question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Josh um, asks in the chat here on Podbean. <coughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, what is everyone's best experience to removing the thick nicotine smell inside a home you're looking to flip? Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's several things that you can do. Um, but first thing that you want to do, well, especially if you're flipping it, like you're pretty much tearing everything out, right? So you need to make sure that like flooring is removed. Um, that's like one of the big ones that carries it. Like if you have carpet or even just like any, like any kind of flooring is going to hold it in there. So you materials. need materials. Yeah. Um, porous materials. Porous materials. Yeah. So you need to get everything out, which you're probably going to be doing anyways. Um, then uh, getting like, um, what are they called? Industrial sized ozone generators can be very helpful. Yeah. The little ones that you get off of Amazon are helpful for your rental property when it's just like a little stinky, but they're not going to do the job for something big, like a house that's been smoked in for 50, 60 years. So industrial ozone generators. Cleaning the walls. 
cleaning. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna tear the walls out, so you, you can scrub. Yeah, them Yeah, so if you're not pulling out all the drywall, you do need to scrub them down, and then also make your your base layer like that kills paint. So that kills paint is also very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one of the brands. They, there's a, a bunch of different ones, but that's all I can think of what it's called is kills. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very helpful as well. Um, removing the, the stipple ceilings if you can. Yeah. Um, that's and uh, what Annette says here. She scraped the, the ceiling if it's popcorn. Yeah. Or even again, just like repainting over it. Um, a lot of times once you remove the carpet, you've cleaned the walls, You've removed, you know, all of the furniture in there. A lot of times yeah. it's 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 held in like furniture and stuff. It sticks into it. Yeah. It's a very sticky material. Yeah. Um, n- nicotine. Um, once you've cleaned the walls, you've um, you know, opened up the windows, y- you've um you pulled out the carpet or the the laminate flooring. Um, you're still gonna smell it, but I find that, you know, you run an ozone generator and then you do your first couple of coats As of paint. As you start painting and yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. Um, even some of the, you know, a house that's been smoked in for 25 years, you don't smell it anymore. Um, it goes away. So it, it doesn't take, it, it does take a bit. Um, I mean, if, if this was a rental property and, you know, you weren't planning on doing those things, it could be a little more difficult. Yeah. You know, sure. uh because you really don't want to remove the carpet or you don't want to remove your flooring. Um, you don't want to have your cleaner scrub every single wall. Uh, and an ozone generator will, will do the job for the, for the air um, in the unit, but it won't, it's not going to pull out it out of materials. Right. So um, if you're doing a full flip, it um, you'll, it'll make a huge difference. Yeah. But don't don't run an ozone generator until you have everything out. Like get True. everything out and have it empty or clean slate. And mm-hmm. um, I'd say even at that point, like have your walls washed and stuff. Yeah. Like get everything done that you can, and then throw the ozone generator in there to do its job moving the air. And then about twenty seven Glade plugins. No, please don't do that. <laughs> please don't. Oh my god, don't. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people mask smells with other smells, and it's just like, oh, I'm also very sensitive to smell. So when I walk into like a Glade plug-in, I just like want to throw up. <laughs> There's nothing worse than than the smell of cigarettes and nicotine covered by covered by Hawaiian a, like a Hawaiian mist. mist. <laughs> oh. Glade plug-in. Oh, I can smell it right now. I, I can smell it too. Up. It's making me want to vomit. <laughs> Write in the comments if you're about to vomit too. <laughs> Courtney is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. You can chew on the air. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. You know, I, we talk about this a lot, and and I'm sorry for those of you that you know that smoke. It's it's this isn't anything personal, but um, the the norm <laughs> the norm has certainly changed um, over the last couple of decades. Like like smoking is becoming almost yeah. You know, a thing of the past. It's crazy. It's crazy. Just, you know, I guess we're getting older. Um, but like this new generation doesn't, every new generation comes and they don't, they smoke a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less. Um, yeah. We also just have like nobody in our lives that smoke. Yeah. But <laughs> like I'm not, like, I just, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm, I know a lot of people. <laughs> it's, it's becoming um, yeah. less and less. Um, I don't know if popular is the right word. But uh, it's, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's, and people still vape, and and um, and there'll always be people that. That's smoke. another thing that makes me want to throw up is the smell of like that fruity vape shit. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. 
again, I'm sensitive to smells. Yeah. So that like synthetic smell just. That's fair. That's fair. I wasn't meaning to like. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Yeah, you. <laughs> I apologize. I I I just think Please it's don't a, I just think it's me. interesting <laughs> that like you know, a generation you know a new generation comes in and then it's just it's not there anymore. It's yeah. just like it's gone. Whereas like you know you that used to be a thing that like when you're driving in a car, you know someone was smoking. Yeah. Right. Little ashtrays were open in the car. Yeah. Well, there was ashtrays in the car, absolutely, <laughs> and now it's not. And then they passed a law that you know you can't smoke with kids in the car, and then suddenly it's like. Or in the restaurants. In or the in the restaurants. Like it, it, it's it's crazy that that was, you know, um twenty five years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God, this is this is what getting old is like. Oh dear God. I remember when. <laughs> yeah, I well it, I I'm remembering I'm remembering going into a dirty bar. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking of. Even when they moved this it to a like a smoking story, room. But okay. I'm a specific dirty bar. It was the week that they stopped doing, oh. they, they released the new law, well, this is in Ontario, that you couldn't smoke indoors. And at all, there were people smoking in there and it was, it was like a bunch of bikers playing pool and don't ask me why I was in there. Um, wings, I think we went on for wings or something like that. But like everybody in there was still smoking and the bartender's like, you can't do that in here, Lou. And like, I ain't listening to no government. <laughs> it, just, it was an experience for me. I just did this one that I remember so vividly because I remember that like, hey, wait a second. He's not supposed to be smoking in here. Like eight or nine years old. <laughs> And uh, and Lou over the pool table with a with a dart sticking out of it, hanging out of his lip. Was, nope, I'm not doing it. And, and now here we are. I wonder where Lou is. <laughs> um, that's just me killing five minutes in the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, things change. Uh, I think I'm doing everything I needed as I thought. I was just reading the follow up uh, messages from Josh there about his um his his stinky nicotine smell. Oh, uh, sorry. Sometimes I start talking. Um, I'm going to make a point and then I go down a rabbit hole for 20 minutes. But um, we're not really running into this issue of heavy um, smoke filled properties anymore. Yeah. Right. It's not becoming as much of an issue unless, of course, it's like a very old house and it's an original owner. And there's, yeah. I, I don't walk into too many properties where like the smoke is overwhelming. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so it's not really that much of an issue anymore, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, someone at some point has repainted and redone the floors since the last person that smoked in there. So it, yeah. you don't smell it as much anymore. Yeah. Any uh, follow-up comments or questions? No, lots of people uh, reflecting on smoke memories. <laughs> oh, well, this is what I wanted. Uh, Annette says, I also find that smells aren't as strong in the cold and get stronger as it warms up. Mm. Science. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you want to go through these comments? Um. Alice says, I guess I'll never invite you guys to my house. <laughs> she <was laughs> She's Jew. She's joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabby refuses to uh, read any of the comments on smoking and just wants to change the subject back to real estate <laughs> investing. She's like, we're not. Yeah, just- I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> oh, Because it's it's what the people want to talk about. Um. 
I, I want to thank Brooker for, for, you know, bringing in the comments on our SP lending. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that he's, he's, he's thinking. Yeah. Right. And that's good. You're getting creative. You're, you're, you know, your, your creative juices are flowing. And um, that's very common when you're getting started in real estate investing. I don't think it really stops, but more so when you're getting started because you're like, okay, I want to become a real estate investor. What do I need? Mm -hmm. And someone tells you, you need a hundred thousand dollars to buy your first property. And you're like, okay, can I, can I, um, can I use my credit card? No. Okay. Okay, uh, I got an unsecured line of credit. I got two of them. Can I use my unsecured line of credit? No. Can I okay. borrow it? <laughs> okay. Um, what if I um, what if I borrowed it uh, from uh, my friend, and uh, I pay him a set interest rate? Um, is that friend going to be on the mortgage on the property? No. Then no. no. Okay. Okay. So I know my dad's got a bunch of money in investments. My dad can pull out his investments. Dad, you know, I asked, I'm going to ask my dad if he can, uh, if he wants to pull some money out of his RSPs and dad says no, because he doesn't want to get taxed on it. Okay. Uh, so what if, um, my dad lent me money from his RSPs, um, so that I can buy properties? No. <laughs> So this is this is the thought process for most people when they're getting started. That they're, they're like, okay, 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 okay. So, all right, well, I could figure this out because you think you're an absolute genius and nobody has ever gone through this process before. Um, and and you know, typically you'll see people asking these questions on Facebook and people just tearing them apart. No, that's stupid. You can't do that. Treating them like garbage. When meanwhile, you know those people that They've are been saying the same process has <laughs> been through the exact same thought process. Everybody has. They try and find ways except to work those, around the except system. Except those old ones who just assumed all those mortgages. Okay, let's go easy <laughs> on the two thousands investors. They, yeah, they had really great interest rates, and they were able to do a lot of cool things, and they made a lot of money, and a lot of them lost a lot of money. <laughs> They've been through enough. Okay, yeah. they've been through enough. Um, but it's, it's, this is part of the process. You, you want, you want this, you saw some guy on YouTube or you listened to some podcast and some guy told you it's easy, just quit your job. Um, and, and, and you're like, I can do this. Everybody else is doing it. All my friends on Facebook now are doing it. So how do I do it? Um, which is great. I think that's fantastic. And sorry, all of that wasn't me pointing a finger at you, Brooker. I'm just I'm saying the creative, the creative juices are flowing, and you're getting creative, and that's that's really good. Um, there are rules, and once you learn all the rules, you'll you'll begin to be able to navigate um, what you can and what you can't do. Um, why do you think uh, Barry and Donna's courses, Barry McGuire's courses, are so popular? Yeah. Why do you think all those no money down Mel and Dave Dupuis, you know, courses, mentorship is so popular? Because they say you're going to invest in money or invest in real estate with none of your own money and no joint venture partners. That sounds exactly like what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Barry and Donna McGuire, you know, they'll, they'll teach you how to to, to, to to buy properties with agreement for sales and rent to owns and stuff like that. Seller financing. Finally, someone else is going to finance this and I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not bashing either of those two parties at all. I think it's fantastic. I think I want to show you that there are ways to do it um, if you do it correctly. 
Um, and once you kind of get to that place where you have the education and the know-how of the rules, then you can start navigating which ones are appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everybody goes through that process of like a year to three years of trying this webinar and that webinar and this $300 course. And they eventually come back to it and realize that at the end of the day, most people just land on joint ventures, right? Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Right. Even us, we did a bunch of agreement for sales. We got really good at it. Why are we not doing agreement for sales anymore? Because with, with every opportunity like that, there's always going to be more risk. If you want to get in on an opportunity um, where you don't have to put any money down and, 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 uh, and someone else carries the financing, typically there's going to be more risk. Yeah. Typically. Um, not always the case, but that, that, just, that, is, that is what it is. So um, I think it's a great stepping stool. I think it's a great, um, they're great strategies to have in your tool belt. Um, for when an opportunity comes up, you can, now that you, you know, understand the strategy or recognize the opportunities, right? Um, so when opportunities do present themselves and you know how to, to, to transact on them because you have the tools, um, you're, you're just going to have a lot more opportunities than most people. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, what most people land on is joint ventures and funny, funny that we bring that up. Um, someone yesterday uh, through one of my my posts on Facebook or something along those lines, um, I did a post that said, um, "What would happen if you quit your job today?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't looking for answers like I wouldn't have any money or <laughs> um, most of the answers that I got. I don't think people really got the point of what I was trying to do, it was, it was an exercise, it was a learning exercise on how to think, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot of, a lot of what I focus on in the show is less on education and more on how to think. Um, if you can, if you can have a, if you change the way you think and the way that you receive information, um, and the way you act on information, um, you'll set yourself up for success. I think it's, it's really all in your head on the way that you process things. Um, but one person uh, responded to that post of what would happen if you quit your job today. And his, uh, his response was something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, um, I wouldn't have any money for down payments. Right. Right. And instantly I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? Joint ventures, my man, my man, joint ventures. Why? You don't have to do the down payments. You can, you can do some of the down payments, but I mean, unless you're sitting on a million dollars in your bank account right now, just sitting there, um, in which case you could probably buy 10 to 12 single family homes, 10 to 15 single family homes. You're going to run out eventually. Everyone's going to get to that point where they're going to need partners. Um, and the person didn't really know what joint ventures were. And I'm like, yeah. sometimes I forget that everybody's at different stages. Yeah, for sure. They and all they all they know is just traditional. You have 20% and you save for it and you put it down and you own a property. <laughs> yeah. If I quit my job, I won't be able to get mortgages. That was another yeah. one. Another person said, I won't, I won't be able to qualify for mortgages. I'm like, what are you talking about? Joint yeah. ventures. Um, it's it solves all the problem because there's there's no shortage of people out We're there. We're getting that, mortgages. 
Well, that's another thing. I mean, I, I did answer the question with, you know, <laughs> private mortgages, B lenders, um, commercial mortgages, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can get mortgages. That's for sure. Um, but joint ventures are, are really the, the best solution to get the good mortgages. Um, there's no shortage of people out there that want to invest in real estate, to see the value in real estate, but they don't know how or they don't want to learn how. They just, they're too busy and they just want someone else to do it for them, mm-hmm. right? When you've got, you know, a bunch of money in your RRSPs, okay, let's, now I'm, I'm, this is kind of dated a little bit, but, you know, 15 years ago, maybe now everybody's investing in crypto and, and blockchain and, and uh, NFTs and stuff, but, uh, and everybody's an expert now. But historically, most people, when they had money sitting in their pension, uh, that was self-directed or their RSPs, they would go and they would call an investment advisor or a financial advisor. Hey, I need to set myself up for success. Um, you know, please just put my money into something. I don't have time to learn how to invest in the stock market. I don't know what to invest in. Historically, that's what people would operate. So people have always been looking for someone to show them how to do it. Um, I remember we did the exact same thing early on. And I remember telling me, uh, the financial advisor, um, what about real estate? Cause I don't know. I read some book at that time. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a smart guy and he goes, no, I don't do that. And I don't think you should. And of course, in, like investment advisors, they don't, they don't, they don't put your money into, unless of course it's like a REIT, like a real estate investment yeah. trust. Um, they're not going to buy a property for you and, and show you where to buy it and how to pick your tenant profile and which market is, you know, the, the, the best market and how to get cash flow and things like that. That's not their job, but you, you could be that person. You could be that person that provides that for someone, yeah. someone that wants to invest in real estate that doesn't know how, if you took a bunch of courses, right? You got training. Became the expert. And became the expert. You could do that for your friends and family. By the way, you'd probably investors. also be and more accredited investors. <laughs> you'd probably, Sorry, don't cut me off. I had to say it out loud. You'd probably be more qualified than the person in the bank investing into the whatever. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Sorry. Yeah. Jab, jab. <laughs> so joint there 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 are opportunities out there and and that that's what you call a win-win right there. Yeah. Um there's someone out there that wants to invest in real estate, but doesn't know how and doesn't have the, the they don't want to spend 15 to $20,000 on education and courses to learn how to do that. But you have, mm-hmm. right? And you on the other side of the deal, you spent 15, $20,000, you're an expert, but I'm all out of money. I don't have money for down payments. Mm-hmm. I can't qualify for a mortgage right now. So let's pair you two up, yeah. right? That other person can qualify for six mortgages. Peanut butter jelly. They got $600,000 in the bank account. Jeez, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the goofy one. I'm supposed to be the goofy, annoying one. <laughs> Is this payback for last week? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're um, you're really helping my flow. <laughs> Am I annoying the crap out of you? I got this. At some point, I'm going to I'm gonna hand the microphone to you and just lean back and start... Um, <laughs> And let you do it for 25 minutes and try and keep it flowing. I, you know, I'm basically giving a joint venture course here at six o'clock in the morning with no preparation. Yeah, you're a smart guy. You got this. <laughs> Thanks, Gabby. I believe in you. Uh, welcome to the morning show, everybody. <laughs>
where we bicker at each other and and try and push a push uh, push talk. what <laughs> i can't talk okay. i can't talk anymore no so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to finish this joint venture lesson i think you are done i think that was a really really nice presentation wow um yeah it's it's a great as as you were saying peanut butter and jelly time it's it's a great to bring the two parties together yourself and a money partner and provide a win-win and typically um if you're listening the the, the person that was asking about it um, yesterday, if you're listening, um, typically that arrangement would be 50, 50 on the profits. So when you would normally do up a joint venture agreement or contract, which will go through all of the obligations of each party, who's bringing what and who's getting what back and who's responsible for what. And what if a million things happen along the way? Mm -hmm. And we've done a podcast on that. You can look back on that, how to structure joint ventures that was recently. Um, and then at the end, when you sell it, you know, you'll have proceeds that, that, you know, that are left over after paying out the mortgage. Now, next step is to pay out the, the money partner's investment first. So the money partner is going to get their, their investment back. So their down payment plus whatever their reserve fund. And then there's going to be a remaining balance and that balance of the proceeds gets divided 50, 50. Mm. So it's a, it's a really great way, like I said, to, for two people to with with different resources to come together and 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 do a joint venture. Yeah. Um at the end of the day I think that that's what most people should be focusing on in real estate. I for one and I know I've heard this a million times before. I for one um when I started said I would never do joint ventures <laughs> because I don't want to partner with people because I don't want people dictating how I do things. I'm an independent guy. I move very fast. If you're not keeping up, then get out of the way. I don't have time for people that are asking me a million questions along the way about why I'm doing something. So I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to save up $60,000 every year. I'm going to buy a $300,000 house. And then in 10 years, I'll have 10 houses. Sound logic. Sound logic until I learn, oh, no, I can't get that many mortgages. Dang it. I'm going to go and I'm going to buy properties with agreement for sales. Went and did that. Okay, cool. That works out. But now I've got no cash flow. Ugh, dang it. <laughs> what did I come back to? I, I came to the realization that joint ventures are necessary. And once I kind of changed my, my perspective of it as well, and the fact that, and someone explained it to me a, a different way. A few people explained it to me a different way. And that I, we're helping people. Yes. It's not just about us. And I need something from them. They need something from us as well. And that's someone that's an expert in this field um, to give them good returns on their investment. Yeah. But, but also based on who we are and probably more specifically who you are, Wayne, you said you don't, if you can't, you know, if you can't keep up, get out of the way. Don't ask me questions. I know what I'm doing. Trust me, bud. Trust me. Because of that and how we operate our business and that we don't really want to be sitting around answering questions or why, why are we doing this? Why did you accept that person? What's going on with this? Where, where's the reserve at? Like just constant. We decided that we weren't going to do joint ventures with other investors, mm -hmm. only, you know, friends and family who, you know, could just benefit from it. So people who weren't going to sit around asking us questions, yeah. they were just going to happily collect their returns, maybe their monthly cash flow, maybe just in 20 years, they just wanted to, you know, have the proceeds of a paid off property, you know, whatever it is. So yeah. those people aren't 
harassing us. So based on who you are, you can, you know, invest different ways. Lots of people love investing with other investors, mm -hmm. partner up and use each other's skills. That's yeah. just not who we are. We know what we're doing. We get it done and we don't need help. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no, there's no, I said 50, 50 earlier, but like every joint venture is different and every joint venture is negotiable. It depends on what resources you guys are bringing to the table and how you, how you value each resource, uh, whether that be time, expertise, money, mortgageability, um, skill set. Mm -hmm. Um, and you guys just negotiate on how you feel that the proceeds should be distributed mm -hmm. based on the, the value of each of those, um, resources. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not what the value of each of those resources are. Maybe it's, you know, you have an opportunity, somebody's come in and said, yeah, I'll bring the money and get the mortgage. But, you know, I really feel like I should be getting 60%. Mm -hmm. And maybe for that opportunity, you say, hell yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take the 40. <laughs> it's better than taking nothing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's there's no there's no rules. You you do you. Absolutely. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there are a couple questions. Yeah, I just I just wanted to finish up here. Okay. I wasn't sure. I, I can't remember the direction I was going. Um, I think we covered the basics of joint ventures and why it's necessary. Um, you know, on the topic of what would happen if you quit your job today, I'm definitely going to get more into that tomorrow because I think there's a valuable lesson in there. But I need some more time. And at, at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm I'm answering questions that are relevant mm -hmm. um, to this topic you know, first while they're, while they're coming in, mm -hmm. um, so that we can continue to maybe keep this conversation flowing, um, throughout the rest of the week. It is a bit of a short week, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So on the topic of joint ventures first. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we, we kind of, we were just talking about a lot of things there. <laughs> well, I see, I see Robin's question. Yes. Um, which isn't really um, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes, it is. I, I read it in my head a different way. Um, so, uh, Robin asks here in the chat, are you finding many lenders that allow someone else to have an interest in the property? No, no. Lenders don't like anyone who's not on the mortgage to have interest in the property. Yeah. They want them to be qualifying with you on the mortgage and they want them to be on title. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a gray area. Um, talk to your lawyer, yeah. talk to your mortgage broker about how to go about doing that and, um, navigating it properly to ensure that you are not, um, doing anything incorrectly. Break, breaking the law. Yeah. I, oh, dang it. You want the song? Yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> you think, you think I'd have that. Um, yeah. And uh, Wilson says here that they made their first joint venture so good for the passive um, investor just because getting the first joint venture was more important than getting the extra money. Yeah, exactly what I just said. So that's awesome. And then you can use that and show people that, you know, you're successfully making money for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leverage. Yeah. Leverage other, um, you know, leverage your successes to show people that you are indeed, you know, worth um taking a chance on that's that's one of the hardest things is that I'm, I'm i'm surprised um that we haven't gotten this question yet but we probably will at some point is that how do i convince someone to invest with me when i've never done a deal before mm -hmm. yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one i can teach you all about it um come to a cabin retreat 
um, book a few coaching calls, tell you all about building brand and building trust. Uh, it takes time. It's very difficult. It is the hardest thing. So every so everyone goes through that that process. Everyone goes through that journey of trying to figure out all these creative ways to work around the systems that you can get real estate without having to follow the rules. And then eventually they come back on joint ventures and they're like, okay, I'm going to be an investor who uses joint venture partners. And then they try and ask people and everyone says no. (laughs) So, you know, everybody, it's, it's the exact same learning curve and journey that every single investor goes on. Some of them go through it in three weeks. Some of them go through it over three years. Um, But they all come back to the same spot and then they take some $5,000 capital raising course or something or other hire some coach to teach them how to do it um it's actually quite simple and it's all in your insecurities mm-hmm. that's it you know a lot of the stuff we talk about on the show it may not be directly talking about raising capital um but a lot of the themes and lessons that that i personally add in here are all direct it's directed towards every aspect of real estate investing and what's holding you back mm-hmm. that's why we hold a cabin retreat that's why we talk about the stuff on the podcast is to give you the confidence that you, you are worth it and you don't need to be scared about what other people are going to think about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it's the people that are fearless and the people that have a ton of self-confidence and they don't give a shit about what people think that are typically the most successful people. Yeah. And you see a lot of successful people and they're dicks. Yeah. You look at them and you think that guy or that girl is an asshole walking around like she owns the place. Well, that particular quality is actually her superpower Mm -hmm. because of the fact she doesn't give a shit about what people think. She's willing to do the things that you're not. I'm not saying it's, it's, everybody has to be a dick but typically you'll notice the most some of the most successful people don't give a shit and they're willing to do whatever it takes and they don't care about what people think Mm -hmm. and that's why they're successful and that's why they're ahead of you and that's why you're paying them fifteen thousand dollars for their coaching program (laughs) and that's not to say that like that that they are just assholes like no successful people can also be kind people Yeah, and a lot. And not sometimes, giving a shit what people think of them is different than just being an ass. <laughs> I, I said most most successful people, you look at them and you think that they're dicks yeah. or assholes because they're. Do you want to know why though? Also, their confidence intimidates you, uh, 100%. and you judge them, thinking, "Who are they?" Sometimes they're dicks. I, I've been saying dicks <laughs> and assholes a lot. I, this should start a count. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of another word to describe them um, on the spot. Uh, sometimes they are, mm-hmm. and sometimes, as Gabby said, they're, they're not. It's just their confidence is intimidating you, so you think that they are. Yeah. I'd um, say that's probably more realistic. I've had a lot of people tell me that I come off a little cocky. And some people are jealous, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of successful real estate investors that people don't care for them at all mm-hmm. because they think that they're, I'm going to use the word cocky. Yeah. Um, and that they know it all. And that's just your interpretation of them because they don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's my there's my fifteen thousand dollar you know coaching program in in in, in a nutshell. Um, that's it. It's your insecurities yeah. that are preventing you from getting joint venture partners mm-hmm. and a, a lot of other things. Finding 
agreement for sale deals and, and, um, you know, maybe even buying your first property. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you got it under, you finally got it under conditions and you got two weeks to remove conditions, but you don't cause you're afraid of what people are going to think. Maybe you're afraid of what's going to happen. Maybe you're afraid that you're not going to be that all of those possible horrible things that could possibly go wrong. You don't have enough confidence in yourself to be able to handle them. So you don't remove conditions. You came so far though. You took a course and you found a property. You called up a realtor and oh, I finally called the realtor. Now he set me up with a search. Okay, we're set up with a search. Oh my gosh, I like that property. I'm going to reach out to him and say, I want to go see it. And you go and see it and you're like, okay. And the realtor says, do you want to write an offer? And oh, yeah. yes, I'm going to do it. And you write your offer and you're so excited and you post it on Facebook and everyone's like, you go girl or boy. And then when you're too scared and you start thinking about all the things that are going to go wrong and you don't have enough confidence in yourself. You see what I'm getting at? It's all in your head. It's all hard. It's all scary. Just a little bit of confidence in yourself. Okay. You got questions? Yeah. I would really like to answer Lindsay's question um, because she's been waiting. So I, I made a note to answer the questions at the end. I just wanted to make sure that we stayed on topic. There's, there's Yeah, some- no, for sure. Um, I just think that maybe we could help her move forward and take some some action on it. One hundred percent, I'm yeah. down for that. So I don't want to postpone it or anything. Nope. Um, so Lindsay asks, and I did ask her a follow up question, so I'm going to go through both of those. Okay. Um, she says, while I am waiting for possession, um, so she she's purchasing a property. She's waiting for possession, which is right now an undetermined date, as they're waiting for the title on two lots to be split. What can I be doing prior to hit the floor running? So they're both adding a suite in the basement and needing to rent out the upstairs. So she doesn't have possession. She signed the papers. She has everything lined up. And the only thing they're waiting for is title to be split so that um, that it can be finalized and they can take possession. I'm sorry. I'm confused. Uh, Waiting for possession. Okay. So title needs to be split first. Yeah. And, but... Paperwork's all signed. Yes. Financing is all signed. Yes. Just waiting for. And I know that just because I, uh, Lindsay's in my mastermind. So I know those extra details. So just waiting for, I'm surprised that all of that was done before title was actually split. Yeah. Okay. So I asked Lindsay um, a follow-up question asking just if the la- if the seller is laid back or uptight. Um, and she said that the seller is a rule follower, would need legal documents to get in before possession because lender will not release funds until the title is split. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the reason I asked that, so I would never, I, I would never suggest like, oh, if they're laid back, just go in and start the renovations. Like I, Legally, that's just not a smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like it can it can be fine, but it's also just like a lawyer would be like, no, do not do that because if anything happens, you've now sunk money into it, and it yes, yeah, isn't so. If you were to get some sort of like a tenancy at will or something like that, where you were able to go in, the transaction hasn't been completed yet, but you started, you acted almost as a tenant, um, and you got your work started. You started could. knocking down walls, and yeah. you could, yeah. Um. But yeah, as Gabby you, said, yeah, um, you don't want to put money into it and then something falls through mm-hmm. and then now you're in a situation where you've damaged their property and you've got $20,000 of labor into it or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. um, but go on. Um, but yeah, so why, 
Um, okay, so she just added it was because we had to wait for RPR and now it's gone through lawyers to titles. So, um, yeah, when they were going to close is when I think the RPR thing came up. They needed to get that done, which then led to the titles needing to be separated and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but what I was, why I asked if they're, if they're uptight or laid back is because, <clears throat> sorry, there are certain things that would be helpful to just get started on outside of the property. So like if they would let you in for an hour with like a designer, you can get like the floor plan and so that, you know, the measurements. So, you know, you could look into getting quotes for the kitchen and quotes to do this and that. And you can get your your layout for like, I know that you, I think, um, Lindsay, you're doing the accessibility type of, of suites. So, you know, like what kind of things are you going to need to widen and like just getting like being able to to essentially plan it out scope of work maybe even start shopping around and and pricing it all out and getting your budget together windows ordering windows order windows and appliances (laughs) delay kitchen cabinets yeah so like if they would just let you in for an hour not to do anything not to touch anything not to take possession just to walk through for an hour with like a designer or if you're just doing it yourself just to take measurements so that you can just get some of that legwork done yeah um that would be very helpful in helping you kind of be able to at least take a step um (laughs) she said ass (laughs) a step forward without actually doing any any physical work yeah yeah, you definitely don't want to start looking for a tenant when you don't have possession that would just yeah be a nightmare yeah Um, i think that that what gabby said is more than enough right there Um, if you can get your scope of work all done and start like getting all your measurements, you can start, you know, finding all your flooring, you can find all your baseboards, you can get all your doors, your, if they're special order, you know, doors, because they're a little bit wider. Um, but that's the other thing. I wouldn't order anything that you can't return or that you can't cancel. At the very least get all the quotes and everything all in order. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, And get it all set up rather than dealing with it while, you know, everybody's sitting there tearing down walls. Mm -hmm. Um, insurance. You can get insurance set up. Yeah. Right? That's That takes a little bit of time. Except that you don't know possession date. <laughs> but you can have it all lined up yeah. and fill out the forms. There's forms to fill out, right? And, yeah. Um, you can set up utilities to be set up on that particular day. Um, you can order some supplies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, as long as they're returnable in case anything happens. Yeah. Like the likelihood of anything happening because the documents are signed. All the documents are signed. I mean, like it's... If this was a scenario where it's like two weeks until possession and we haven't been into the lawyers to sign the documents yet, then yeah, I'd be a little concerned. I think you're 99.5% getting this property. Unless, of course, something happens at the land titles office where the the the, uh, the property can't be split. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I'm going to I'm gonna get into some legal for you here now, Gab, because I'm going to argue with your comments. You've already signed all the documents and the seller has signed the documents and they are obligated to fulfill their obli- like what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. If they do not fulfill their obligations, then they're on the hook legally. So if you bought $4,000 worth of flooring and paint and baseboards and stuff, you would be able to go after the seller because they didn't complete the transaction. But you did that before you had possession. No. The documents are signed. There's You bought all this stuff because you're buying this property. Okay. They'd be like if you were moving into this property they would be responsible for and and you weren't able to move into it now and you sold your house and you sold your house 
they would be responsible for your living expenses until you can find a suitable replacement. Yeah. Just saying. There's just a little bit of legal fun stuff there. A little tales in the trenches. My my version of it, you know. I talked to talk to Barry McGuire about that kind of stuff next time he's on. Um, but I think she's ninety nine point five percent. I think she can go ahead and order that stuff. I'm giving you permission. Gabby's a little more <laughs> conservative. Um, aside from that, um, you know, be patient. I, I I like the fact that she's trying to be proactive though. One hundred percent. Um, and not wasting time. I'm getting a lot of that with my coaching clients right now. They're all just like, hey, there's 19 offers on all of my all the properties I've been looking at right now. I got nothing to do. What should I be focusing on? Can I be learning something else while I'm looking for properties? That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic that mm-hmm. people are trying to be proactive. Um, it's, it's hard to, to balance that line of, you know, I want to make sure that I'm staying productive um, and also balancing the line of being patient mm-hmm. um, and not being too crazy. Yeah. Uh, what are yeah, the questions? Um, well, I was just going to say in relation to that, like, um, because Wayne and I are taking possession of our, um, flip this week. We haven't talked about it at all. And we were supposed to, like, we had an appointment to go in on Saturday because, um, we, we did an unconditional offer. Um, we haven't been back in. Normally you would go in and do your inspection, like all those types of things. So yeah. we haven't been back in since Wayne initially saw it. And so they were going to let us in on Saturday to go. We wanted, we were bringing our our contractor and we were um, going to get the the window guys to come out and meet us at the same time. Like we had everything lined up um, because that was our chance to kind of, okay, we need this many doors. We need this many windows. We need this many outlets. Like we were literally going to like measure out the kitchen so that we could get the kitchen order in. Like we, that was our time to go in. And then last minute they said, actually, no, you can't come in. Um, wait until possession day. So can I say dick one more time <laughs> today? Nice even number. I think that's 10 times I said it. <laughs> they, Yeah, that was yeah. such a... A dick move, yeah. A dick move on their part. D-bad. Oh, um, that's 100%. Yeah. D-bad. I forgot about that. Yeah, but anyways, what... Well, what did... did I, I don't think you said it, but like the reason... They went and called their lawyer and said, hey, do we have to show this to them? Yeah, there's the, no reason not to let somebody in for an hour. And the lawyer like, said, no, not, it's unconditional. They don't need to go back in. And they came back and said, our lawyer said, we don't have to let you in. Yeah. Like, well, our response was, hey, well, that's fine. We won't be able to close because we don't have any information for our insurance policy. Yeah, that we was the to- other thing. I had like a list of unanswered questions to submit for insurance. And I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to let us in, then we can't get insurance and we can't close. So good luck with that. (laughs) But I ended up asking um, Calvin, I said, if I give you a list of questions, they're going to have to get the answers for us if they're not going to let us in. So we sent it and they did end up getting us the answers. I don't understand why they would be so rude like that. Yeah, it's kind of harsh. Anyways, where I was trying to go with that, thank you, Wayne, is... Um, what Wayne and I ended up doing is because it, it was an on market, um, deal. So we had the MLS listing is we sat down with the computer and a, and a notepad and we went through every single picture and like literally wrote out everything that needed to be done in each room mm-hmm. and got a pretty, pretty good 
scope of work. The only thing we didn't have was, was measurements. So, you know, like, and you know, okay, these doors, are they right or left-handed? <laughs> like those types of things. But yeah. yeah, we went through everything. So that was kind of a fun little exercise to sit down and be like, okay, uh, this many pot lights in this room and this many pot lights in that room and um, take out these appliances and rearrange this. And yeah. yeah, so. It was fun. That's how we kind of went through it. Mm. Um, we, I need to uh, wrap it up. Okay, sure. Um, do you want to just finish going through all these comments and I'll save the questions? Sure. <clears throat> oh, Brooker. Where are we? I don't know where we are. Uh, I, 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 can, I think I got a good handle on it. Uh, Brooker asked, what did you recommend going to Barry McGuire's rapid cash program as well as the cabin retreat? <laughs> um, I say go to the cabin retreat first and then determine whether you need to go to the whether rapid cash. Whether you need program. rapid cash, yeah. So the, the know purpose, what your path is. The purpose of the cabin retreat is to get clear on 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 your focus and on what you're gonna what you need, what you need and how you're gonna get there. And as I mentioned earlier today, a lot of people they go and take this fifty dollar webinar and this ten dollar you know uh, course and this five hundred dollar course on capital raising and this course on rent to own and all these different things and they spend three four or five years doing this floating around just trying to figure out what's gonna work and what's gonna be the easiest for their circumstances. Uh, and they waste a ton of time. But if you spend the weekend with us, we're going to help you figure out what it is that you actually want and what strategy is best to get you there as quickly as possible with the resources that you have right now. So it might be apartments, multifamily. It might be commercial. It might be rent to own. It might be agreement for sales. It might be a wholesaling business. It might be a flipping business. It might be joint ventures. Um, we don't know until we really kind of get into it. So, um, as much as I love Barry McGuire and Donna McGuire and, and the rapid cash program, because that's what I used. That's what I personally used um, to propel me. I can't say that it's the same for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And just make sure that you have a clear vision of which way, where it is that you're going and how you're getting there first, and then determine whether you need a course. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's my personal opinion. I mean, I'm telling everybody to come to a cabin retreat first um, before they go spend any money on anything else. And that's just because I don't want you to waste any money. Yeah. Right. You might not need any courses. I might be able to tell you in a five or 10 minute conversation what you need to do. Yeah. Right. And and the only way to really know that is to, but if you want to go to both, um, I think that at the, I know for a fact that you're going to get a more value than you ever thought if you go to the rapid cash workshop. That's on May 7th and 8th in Calgary. Um, Gabby and I are going to be there. Um, we're going to be on stage helping, uh, Barry. Uh, we've been a part of their focus team for years now. I, I, I started as a student and then I joined their focus team just cause I, I, I love it. I, I, I took all of their strategies and I implemented them and I use them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I built all my business around it. Mm -hmm. So I can't say enough good things about it, but I hate seeing people just go and taking every course that pops up because they're like, Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. And don't do it. Definitely don't do it because of FOMO. Like this isn't, it's, if you, like, if you need it, go and learn it. If you don't, don't. <laughs> if you love taking courses and you have the money to spend, then absolutely do it. Yeah. But I, I'm honest. Like I, 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 I support Barry McGuire 100% because of like what they've done, what Barry and Don have done for us and how they helped us along the way. Mm -hmm. I support them 100%. At the same time, you know, just make sure that you're being intentional as to why you're doing it. Yeah. Anytime you take a course, there should be a reason. Mm -hmm. you're trying to solve a problem you take a course to solve that problem will this course give you the answer that you need right i'm trying to do this but i can't do this what's the answer to this 
Is it a course? Is it partnering with someone, right? Be intentional in everything that you do. Um, yes, I recommend it, but I want you to, I want, I want it to be a conscious, intentional decision. Congrats, Thomas. Uh, Thomas secured an investor over the weekend. Now he needs to find the right deal. Heck yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Um, da, 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 da. Josh is in the process of negotiating a deal with someone. That's awesome. Yeah. Josh had a question. I wrote it down. We'll, we'll cover it tomorrow. Okay. That's all. Bam. Okay. Um, guys, great episode. Yeah. Happy to Tuesday. You guys, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, tomorrow is Wednesday. <laughs> I think that's the order it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. Historically. Okay. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 